The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, you just wrapped up the 14th anniversary show this past Sunday and, um, well, let's just start with the initial thoughts uh, on how the weekend was. It's like that old Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's start with uh, the uh, the bad. What what was uh, what what did you see as bad? Well, uh, unfortunately. I guess you could say there was a lot of miscommunication because we went down on Friday checking things out, the lighting, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is as bright as it can get. It didn't seem very bright at all, and then we had to turn up the antlers. And it brightened up the room, but it didn't really brighten up the ring as light as we wanted it to be. Right. And then it was like, well, you know, you, you, didn't, put, you didn't have a, a lighting guy. And then... After the fact, I go look at the uh, contract yesterday, and it specifically says soundboard engineer, audio engineer, and lighting engineer. So that would mean there was supposed to be a lighting person there included in the venue price. You know, they already got us on the sound guy. That was more than we were not even told. We were told a price, and it was $500 more which was really $600 more. He gave us a break and, you know, gave us $100 off. And at 8.15, when the show was getting close to ending, the the guy from the Silverton's like, oh, you need to wrap this up. He's talking about charging me overtime. And then I go again, look at the contract, and it says a 10-hour day. And it's like, well, I didn't ask him to be there at noon anyway because I know there's nothing the sound guy is going to do that he couldn't do at two o'clock right that way there wouldn't be any issues in case we did go over 20 i believe it was 24 minutes after eight the show ended right so you know the bad had nothing to do with the show itself you know the show was smooth it was all the other stuff and you know some of you can say hey first time back in five and a half years but it was no different to me when, you know, the room looks exactly the same. So I'm going with the same mindset that it's going to be run exactly the same. And, you know, now there's no pipe and drape by the uh, the big screen. Oh, no, we don't have that. So we only have the curtain there. So now you can see the sides that you don't really want to see. And it's all these little things that, you know, I'm expecting and then I'm told no, and then I go look back at a contract, and it says yes. So it's not disappointing. It fucking pisses me off. It's irritating. It's yeah. like you're telling me stuff like I'm the idiot, 
and I have no clue. And now I'm reading things and there's supposed to have been somebody there. And it's like, don't tell me how many million, how many, how many lights you have when now you say, because there was not a lighting engineer on board that we couldn't use those lights. So what's the point of having all those lights? It's like, are we confused on the type of show we run? I specifically said, hey, the stage. And there wasn't like, well, you know, you need to hire an, a lighting guy for that. And then I'd be like, oh, I thought it was in the contract. Well, well no. And then it'd be like, oh, well, then what does this mean? Oh, yeah. You can't argue that point. Right. You know, it says all access. So even if there's not a lighting guy, you should still be able to turn on the big lighting board and we have people who have some knowledge of having lights and you know there might be a way to just stick a light on the stage and it's just like nope nope like not even like looking for a fix right so you know that that was kind of disappointing that you know or hey the bartenders it's like eight fifteen. The the show's over in five minutes you don't need to keep them there you know, and if they didn't get as many tips as they thought they should, that should have no fucking issues whatsoever on what you guys are making from the bar. Right. Maybe your attitude wasn't that good and nobody wanted to tip you as much. Because, you know, back in the day, my guy Jeff, I used to work with a crazy horse. Like, I didn't even know he was a bartender there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, Joe. And I look over and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, oh. I'm a bartender here, man. Every time I see your event, I always put it on, you know, on the banquet list because he knows he was going to make money. So yeah. I've never heard our people don't tip or buy drinks or, or, or whatever. But I do know also the bar was not like a fully stocked bar. They had like a few different beers and they barely had any liquor. But you want me to sell you want us to come in there and sell it's like how i don't understand how there's not like a full bar located there i don't know so i guess those are all questions that have to be answered before any decisions are made on you know returning there you know we tentatively have on hold september 10th for survival of the fittest but we're also talking with other venues and we're going to do the best deal for us just like they're going to do what they're going to do for themselves yeah no, it makes a lot of sense, and um, it's interesting, too. Of the two, uh, I think the more important is to have the lighting designer there or, or a lighting person there um, because, literally, the sound is just the PA system, essentially. It's not like they're filtering. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, you're hooking into our board, and we can adjust the volumes. All somebody has to do is turn it on for us. And you could just put it at six and then we can adjust from there. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, I didn't find out till an hour and a half before the doors were opening that on the Silverton website, it showed the show was starting at six and the doors were opening at five. Yet you have the marquees up and you have everything that we sent you says five and you're questioning me. It's like, bro, it's written right there. I specifically told you because he had the show starting at five in the contract and ending at seven and load out by eight. And it's like, no, 
the show's schedule five to eight and we'll be out of there by nine. It was eight twenty-five and we were still out of there by nine. And it's like, I am not incorrect. We've been doing this for 14 years. I know our schedules. If you have questions, you ask. We go out of our way to help. We set up the chairs. We broke down the chairs. Anything that was needed, we tried to handle. When I, uh, when I saw that on the website, the funniest thing about it was the way they had it, it's their verbiage underneath the flyer right and clearly on the flyer it shows the time it starts at 5 p.m pacific time and it's like how can you discuss that as if i'm in the wrong right like oh man some of the easiest things and and you know that's it's it's just interesting and What's interesting in general about the Silverton is the fact that when you look at the entertainment they bring in, what 90% of it is cover bands and they rare, you know, it's, it's rare that they have maybe once a month, some kind of entertainment coming in and it's rare that they have a big group come in uh, or a big performer come in. So it seems like that their whole entertainment, you know, structure is something that fell apart five years ago and has never you know when they when they changed over it's never come back together and i think that hearing these well things- you know the, the thing is that if you bring in you know i saw they got a, a journey cover band uh, journey usa i highly doubt 500 people are going to be there Right. Uh, they have Los Lonely Boys, who I can't even think of the one huge song. It was huge. It was it was a big hit. But if they have 500 people there, that's awesome. And if they have 500 people that paid to be there, that's awesome. Because they're paying Los Lonely Boys to be there. Right. So if they're paying them five grand, ten grand, whatever it is, that's still coming off the door money. So... Right they have to make that back in in the liquor well you're already getting a venue fee from me you're charging me a processing fee for the ticket that you're not charging on the other people because you're giving us the deal right which at four dollars and fifty cents a ticket is easily another thousand dollars so before the bars even hit you've already brought in for yourself you know, four to five thousand dollars. Yeah. So even if the bar doesn't do as well on a three-hour event on a Sunday, you've you've cleared seven or eight thousand dollars, yeah. which to me is a pretty good day. I, I wish we made eight thousand dollars on the show. You know, yeah. and you would think, and it was funny. There was a banquet guy didn't recognize. He came in. Oh, how you been man it's great to see you you know we loved having the shows there's the girl angelia she works the box office her and her boyfriend probably husband by now big wrestling fans she even used to come to sam's town you know i remember when matt hardy was there and i was talking to her and she's like oh that's great and blah 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 and the guy from the silver is like oh yeah we saved three tickets for we got some comp tickets for our uh for our big players is that cool hundred percent more people you get your players in there that way they come in and they gamble you know we'll do whatever you need us to do to help out 
right. you know, and she's, I'm standing there talking to him and he's, he's already mad because the projector got hit when Hammerstone backdropped Devin Reno, you know, it took us, a, it took us a match. And then Rocky went up there and fiddled with the cables and it was working again. It just got knocked off cue, but he was already mad about that. She walks up. Oh, this is great. Having such an awesome time. Bah, 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 bah. And you can even just see like the look on his face, like he could care less, you know, and, and I get it. If that's your job, sometimes I come, yeah, you know, running to school who could care less. It's, it's just the same daily process, but right. it's like, wow, you got people that are genuinely happy that were there. Right. And it reminded me of like the Sandstown days when we'd have the bigger, the numbers got the bigger Gary had a different reasoning for stuff. Well, you know, those are the gross sales, not the net sales. So even though your drink guarantee was 3000 and you did seven, we're not going to say you did a great job. We're going to say, well, you know, on that seven, there's the cost and there's this. And it's like, okay, a fucking uh, uh, a drink costs fucking 60 cents that you just charged $8 for. Like, come on. We know the biggest markup in the world is liquor. Right. And it's like you just don't want to give credit because then you feel that we might have some leverage. Exactly. And that's how everybody treats it. Like they did 500, too. Oh, okay, great. And you paid them ten thousand dollars to be there. So that ten thousand dollars gets wiped off. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like, uh, I don't know. And and, and I'm going to guarantee that there's not 500 paid people there. You know, Billy Ocean, that guy had a lot of hits. And they still, that's how I learned out. I That, that was the first time I found out about seat fillers. That it, uh, Sorry, it wasn't uh, Billy Ocean. It was Juice Newton was Juice playing. Newton. Yeah. Juice Newton. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we just get the seat fillers. Oh, you mean the people that don't pay? Yep. Like we bring in vet ticks because it's good for the organization. They come in, it's more people into your venue. So instead of 450, we have 550. Right. So, you know, whatever it is to try to make as many people in there, you know, and the numbers haven't gotten back. It'll be a couple of weeks and they seem to be very, very good. Yep. So. You know, I don't know what else we can do uh, other than, like, again, every place is going to have their issues. We got the nugget, and they want to raise the price a little bit, and, you know, we can't do this. But that, at least the silver nugget gives us the freedom to do what we need to do. And if GCW's there, they're not going to be like, oh, we're not going to let you guys run anymore because somebody hit somebody with a light tube, you know? I, I could never think of bringing GCW to the Silverton. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it probably has to do, hey, there's carpet on the floor. You're going to get the, the, the pieces of glass, whatever. I, and I get it. And every venue is different. And corporate's corporate and, and, you know, Silver Nugget. But that's why it's good to have these different options. And yeah. it's good to have the Silver Nugget as an option. It's good to have the Silverton as an option. You know, hopefully the Sahara Event Center's in the mix. Uh, my buddy's coming to town with uh, his Boogie Nights disco dance place uh, downtown. And 
we've already put out feelers for one of the bigger casinos out there who seem to be interested because it, it, it's weird. They're not interested, but because they're working with somebody with something else, now they're interested in hearing what we have to say. Yeah. So, and, and that's how business and that's how life works. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, we know them, you know, look at Hollywood, look at all the people who get shows put on TV. It's because they're already stars or, you know, whatever it is, they're going to get that fast track over somebody else's original idea. And, right. you know, here's the information. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. And nothing happens. And again, it's the wrestling business. Hey, here's a tape of my stuff. Oh, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Sanjay Dutt's in uh, the thing. Oh, yeah, Chris Bay, we know him. Get him right in there. You know, yep. get this guy right in there, AEW Dark. Oh, yeah, we know these guys. Yep. And it's who you know, right place, right time. All those factors. You still got to be good, but there's a lot of good. There's a lot yep. of things that are are worthy of having. But as I've learned after the pandemic, it seems like that I guess the best word is more people want to do less work. Yeah. Like Sandtown, for example, they cleared out their entire entertainment department. Well, it isn't, well, look how much money they're losing on, you know, not having this event there and that event there or the bingo for the old people or the, or the, the, the afternoon show that nobody bought a ticket for, but they would comp all their, their players to get right. them in the door because that's what it is. It's getting them in the door. So on the way out, they throw in 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks in a machine. Yep. It doesn't matter whether they win or lose. The idea is you're trying to get play and you're right. getting play. And, you know, maybe the best way to do things is put a fucking tracker on everybody who walks in the door because not everybody gets a card. So you put a tracker and go see where those 500 people went. Now... If you tell me 480 people walked out the door, more power to you. We're not helping you at all. But right. you can't tell me that, but you'll basically just assume that and just make it be like, well, we only made $8,000 here. Well, you're telling me nobody went to the diner to eat. Nobody went to the Mexican restaurant to eat. You know, you want to talk about money through the door. I saw a guy with the McDonald's or Johnny Rockets and the Shake and their, and their burger walking in the venue. Well, do we get credit for that 25 bucks that just got spent? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, the bar only did X amount. Yeah, and it was 50, 50 drinks that were brought in at five bucks a pop. Right. You're not going to give me credit for it because they didn't pay for it at the bar. But you still let them in. Right. They Which still spent that money. And that was something that Samstown did not let them let you do. You had to, Samstown, you had to keep your food and beverage. It has to be, had it been finished before you walked into the venue. So, so at least they can say whatever was drank or ate. But again, you know, you'd get your ticket from Samstown and it'd be free drink at the bar. Well, not at the bar, the show. So a match would end. They'd go to the bathroom. They'd go get their drink. 
Yeah. And again, they didn't pay for it, whatever, but that was what they offered. But when you're offering 400 free drinks and then all of a sudden you're saying, well, you only did 3,500. Well, maybe if you didn't offer the free drinks, we would have did 400 more drinks that were given away yeah. at six, seven dollars a pop. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it, you know, you can only argue so much. And, and that's the thing. It, it's finding a partner that is genuinely enthused about you being there. Right. And crazy enough, the only casino we've had that with was the Silverton. And that was years ago because yeah. they paid us to be there. Well, that deal didn't work out for either one of us because we could make more money by just getting a free room than them paying us five grand for a show. Right. Well, that's great. You paid me five grand. You keep all the door. We sell 200 tickets at an average of $30. That's already six grand. Yeah. Well, there's more than 200 people there. So if I did an $8,000 gate or a $10,000 gate, basically now I'm just doing a $5,000 gate. So right. the only way I can make money is to dummy down the card and use less expensive people. That way I can guarantee a profit because I have nothing else coming in other than the 5,000 and maybe some sponsors. Why would I pay John Morrison a few grand to come in and work a show yeah. that maybe I wanted him to be on? Why, why would I pay for a flight in Ace Austin and have the bullet club there if I'm guaranteed a profit of $3,000? But if I bring in these people and stuff, Hey, we're going to have a great show, but the best, the best we can do is break even. Well, th th that isn't smart business. So you give me the door and I'm more than happy. Yeah. It's like we paid for the venue and we're still going to make more than we, we, we put out. Right. So imagine taking the venue cost off there. That profit would be way more yeah. than what we would have made by running a $3,000 show. Right. So... Yeah. So that's and we, the key. And we and we know that the general cost of a room, you're looking at minimal cost to them to have the room up and running for a couple hours in a day. And I think that's you know, that's the key here. It's like everything that they're they're putting essentially a fee on or a charge on is making you know them nine times the money that they really are spending out of pocket for the cost so you know in reality the 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 the, the 450 tacked on is the thousand dollars that's probably covering the cost of two bartenders uh, yeah. a couple security guards that probably only have to be hired and again, security guards, eight hours. Well, four hours, you're probably out on the casino. And then the right. four hours, you're still eight hours. You're going to get eight hours anyway. So now they have five, you know, five less people in the casino. Place ain't that busy on a Sunday. Right. You know what I mean? So there's more people in our venue than there's in the casino on fucking right. Sunday evening. No lie. Yeah. So the money's being made. 
bartenders aren't getting paid 50 bucks an hour because they're relying on tips. So you're still only going to pay. If they make a hundred dollars as a bartender for four or five hours, plus their tips, that's great money. It's hard to believe a non-union hall is going to pay somebody 20, 25 bucks an hour to be a bartender. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a banquet event. Right. So even if you do, it's still six, seven people. That $1,000 covered that. Yeah. So everything's already paid for. So now that venue cost is still paid for because the guy who runs the room is on salary. So if they don't have an event, guess what? He still got paid. Right. So if you work and you got three events that weekend, man, you, you actually pretty much worked. But there's a lot of times, go look at, go look at their event tickets. There's very few events going on. Yep. And it's the same at a lot of places. Like, I have house seats. I can go see the show Wow and Fantastic and all this other stuff. And I went there one time on a Wednesday night, Thursday night, and they have a cast of 50 people that have to be paid. Yeah. And there ain't 100 people in this place. Yeah. Yeah. But they run that show five days a week because even if it's a house seat person, they want that person in their venue. So I've never understood why they wouldn't want our people in the venue. Our and people I, spend $40, $50 for a front row. A family of four, you right. know, they spent $200. They might have bought a meet and greet. They buy some food. They're spending $500, a family of four, if they decide they want to have dinner or eat or whatever. No food in the place. We can't. Well, we couldn't bring in snacks. They didn't bring in snacks. They didn't bring in food. Well, we didn't have a lot of time. Dude, three months ago, we set this up. But because everything took so long, it was three weeks before we even had the thing out. That marquee looked great up there. Their, their, their screens are phenomenal. Yeah. But they yeah. were up for 10 days instead of four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And and what the other thing that I think that is very – yeah, it, it what what's very short minded too is that you just said something and that is family. Wrestling event is something that you are going to get families into, which means that kids who maybe have never been in a casino or don't get the opportunity to go to casinos start getting the exposure of a casino at a young age. And That's right. We could turn these we could turn these kids into degenerates yeah. in no time. Exactly. Just give us the chance to do it. So, um, you know, that that's all the, the venue talk. Um, it was a good crowd. Um, what did you think uh, overall? Um, I know this time you actually did get a chance to see quite a bit of the show because uh, all of a sudden uh, you pop up on commentary. <laughs> you know, it's fucking NJ, dude. It, oh, I thought D'Lo was coming. It's like, how about you let me know? Like, if D'Lo's not there, you're, you're going to be the guy who's doing commentary. If I don't hear that, you're not going to be around or you didn't ask, you know. You know, and it's been a couple times, you know. Don't want to, like, you know, blast him out. But it was like, dude, you know, I would have got somebody if that was necessary. Yeah. You know, and it was fun. And, you know, it's been a while since I've really done it. But – I had to run the door with the Silverton people because of all the confusion and me having to buy the tickets because 
you know, credit to the students and wrestlers who got to be in the Battle Royal. You know, one guy sold 40 tickets and uh-huh. and others sold 10 to 15. And our, our wrestlers and students alone sold over 120 tickets for uh-huh. that event. And that me and that was only one of the 85 front row that was gone. So, you know, but in turn, I had to go to the website and I had to buy, I believe, 21 or 22, no, 22 family four packs. Oh, because if you bought a general admission ticket, it would have been like $28. Right. But we gave our guys the opportunity to sell the tickets for less. So I had to put in a code and I had to buy 22 of them. That way it covered almost 100 people. So now we have to mark them off, and I'm there. And there was a guy from uh, who came from Arizona. I believe his name's Jake. That was really, really helpful. First time I've ever met him. Uh, he's a guy that when we, you know, if he's capable, and I'm told he's capable, he will get, he will get on the show. He earned himself by being there the whole time. He sat. He didn't bounce back and forth like some of our students like to do. You know, he sat there next to me. He, he stamped everybody and, you know, big ups to him uh, for helping because, you know, there was five, six, seven of our students that would be the ones helping that initially when the doors are opening, they're getting ready for the Battle Royal. Right. So it really limited who we had available to help us. Yeah. And, you know, the Arizona crew, they send up, 10 people and five of them were on the show and the other five, Hey, they're hoping, you know, I didn't even see cause I got there late, but Zamaya was supposed to be in the battle Royal cause she told me she was going to be there. I'm pretty certain I didn't see her. I might be incorrect. And I saw, and I didn't tell him, but there was a spot and I saw that he was in it. So Flyboy Freddie got on the show. Maybe he took Zamaya's spot. I don't even know at this point, you know, because the match was on, and it was like, oh, by the way, there's no commentary. So I had to run in. And then, you know, Disco showed and I had to talk to him. And, you know, Kenny was busy. I thought Kenny was at the day pool, but he was working uh, GCW the night before. So oh. he was in Prim. So he got there late. Wow. So it was just like so much chaos going on. And I had to do the commentary. So. You know, Jake is a true pro. If he yeah. had to do it by himself, he would. But, you know, it's so much easier to work off somebody. And then oh. uh, NJ popped in just in time for the semi-main. Very nice of him. And, uh, and it was like, yeah, go ahead, take over, you know, so I can run around and get yapped at by uh, the guy from the Silverton. So, you know. <laughs> you should, you know what, you should have let you should have let NJ take that heat and just yeah, stay. <laughs> uh, you know, when you look at um, what you put together in terms of a story arc, um, you have to think that one of the more impressive uh, kind of moments of the night uh, came between the start of uh, Limelight versus Bodie to. Braxton, Cashin, and McCase. That whole arc was was wonderful. Um, you know, 
you uh, were able to make a viral sensation out of Limelight's daughter, who yes was remarkable. <laughs> I need my cut. Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, a lot of exposure there. Um, of course, you know those two, Bodie and, and Limelight, put on a great match. Um, Bodie on TV, the emotion was perfect. Um, you could oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I watched it back. It was nice. I got to watch it on my big screen, and yeah. I specifically watched that. And you could just see him, you know, welling up. That you know, he was legit crying. You know, when that moment happened, and you know, you can't ask for anything better. And, and the thing, it was like, usually you get that high. And then, you know, when you lose that title down the line, you get that low. And right. doing it there was the best way. It was just like just taking it away from the poor kid. Like I heard them. I heard mom wasn't uh, too happy with the way things went down. And the only thing I'm upset about was that Limelight didn't clock Ben harder than he did. He just shoved him. <laughs> I wish he would have knocked him out, but you know, you can't get everything that you wish for. And the best part was Limelight's daughter, like going at it with, with Bodie's mom. Like those are like classic moments, like shit like that. If it happened on like national television, I'm pretty sure it would get a buzz. It was similar to like when Matt Hardy and I came up with the idea about having Axel and, 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 Disco Inferno. Yeah. It was it was so over that Impact did the same exact thing after yeah. we did. Thank yeah. you very much. Where's my creative job? So when you see stuff like that, that puts a smile on your face. It's like the way everything went down, and you know we didn't have a lot of time with the with the Kenny King situation, uh, putting them together with the Jay Vidal and Limelight. And everything just kind of snowballed. And, you know, that was the first match of the night. The Battle Royal is the Battle Royal. But that was the first match. Yeah, first match. And it was, holy fucking shit. What the fuck? You know, yeah. that's how and the show started with a bang. And big ups to uh, Big Fonz, man. You know, he's a guy. He's yeah. going to be a major player. The only issues we have is that he's the guy that's already on people's radar and he could be another Toa that all of a sudden it's like, here's a guy that we're starting to build up and he gets snatched away from us. So, you know, I want to see Toa and big fonts. Yeah. Hey, Um, you know, that's, that's the thing is, you know, we got a little excited, you know, we didn't talk about that end of the battle Royal too, which I think was one of the better, ways to go in which you saw Brittany Brooks and Brett the Threat and Big Fonz. And, you know, Brett, of course, is three years in now, um, is so fabulous and so wonderful at what he does. And the way that he was handling Brittany, um, it was it was just brilliant because it literally gave you the sense that A, she could possibly eliminate Brett. And then it was like, wait, are we going to see Big Fonz eliminate Brett? You know, it just made you think for a second. And then once Brett is out there taunting to her after he eliminates her, of course he's got to get back in with Fonz. 
and we know what's going to happen. We're going to see the hero become victorious. It just played out smart. It, it was it was a smart story, um, which with battle royals, a lot of times you don't get that final story. You just get no hundred percent. That was what I was going to just uh, uh, you know reiterate was usually battle royals are a way to get people on the show. You know, an anniversary show. You want to reward the hard workers, the younger guys, because there's not there's no matches for them, yep. no matter what. Love Jimmy Jack. There's not a match most likely on the anniversary show. There wasn't a match for Big Fonz. There wasn't a match for Brett the Threat. There wasn't a match for Brittany Brooks. You know, we added, you know, Gypsy Mac and Alice Blair and wanted to have, you know, the women who have worked hard and done good stuff for us, you know, to be on there and not exclude them from being in the match. But it was also, hey, you know, the people to watch out for. And, you know, a guy like Shogun won the Battle Royal in the past. And Chris Bay, I remember, lost out to some guy named Silas Mason, who, look at him now, killing it in the NWA. Yeah. You know, and it's always finding those diamonds in the rough. And, you know, at 18, I believe Brittany Brooks is going to be a major star. Big Bonds, I believe, is going to be a major star. Brett the threat every time he's gotten an opportunity, you know, sometimes he gets, he gets in his own way. That, that, that's the, the number one thing you could say about Brett. But when the, the cameras are on, there's not many and there. There's been some, you know, him and Blair Brody was atrocious. I remember way back, which we were extremely excited about, but in most cases, Brett, the threat has delivered and you know, the crowd hates him with the passion so it adds to it and it also helps the baby face of a britney brooks and a big fonz that you're trying to establish because they're kind of going at it now i think the fans would be excited to see a big fonz brett the threat one-on-one singles match yeah yeah and it's something that can come out of what we saw you know, we, we did that in the past where I think it was Jimmy Jack and Koa and it might have been Brett the Thread and Jimmy Jack. And it's trying to make, you know, something that you're putting on the show and you're not really looking at anybody to be like, oh, my God, what a great battle royal. You know, how many right. people ever say that? Maybe a rumble, but definitely right. not a battle royal. But we were able to showcase some people that come out of it where people are like, Oh, okay. This person is probably somebody we should keep our eye on down the line here in FSW. Yeah. And we are in a position right now that there are more people to keep your eye on than I believe we have ever had in the history of the FSW roster. Because if you go down the line, you know, anniversary show, Cutthroat Cody's out. He wasn't even there. Graves has been sparingly used this past year. Guy's been around for 10 years. Mainstay worked the biggest and best stars. Don't think he's not going to be around. But now all of a sudden you've added Jay Vidal's back. Matt Vandegrift's back full time. 
And, you know, Kenny King obviously seems to be uh, more involved. And then you got a 16-year-old like Bodie, and you got a Brittany Brooks, and you got a Big Fonz, and you got the guys that were in the Nevada State, and Gregory Sharp, you know, a year in the biz as champion Nevada State, Jacob Austin Young firing on all cylinders, having the biggest year of his career. Remy Marcel, you know, he, he's the guy who's standing the test of time. You know, Clutch, he almost got killed on that one spot there. Jesus Christ. He almost he got dropped. He was like, oh, my God. Uh, thought he was getting dropped. He did get dropped on his head. He must have he a did. hard head. And, he you know, and then the cash in the case. And, you know, obviously, you know, Jay Vidal, every, it, obviously it's every man for himself. You, you're going out to win. But it sure seemed personal with his attack on Nick Xander. So where, where does that go? And yep. Nick Xander, you know, every he's another one. You take Brett and you take Nick Xander. You got yeah. two polar opposites. Those guys battled it out for rookie of the year. You know, one is hated, one is beloved. And every opportunity Nick Xander has gotten, he has, you know, exceeded expectations. You know, it's hard to put a guy like that in the place so for people to believe that at his age and his experience level that he could be the heavyweight champion, but many people believed he was a guy who could beat Ice Williams, took it to the limit. Okay, now he steps back, takes a breather. Now he's in the cash in the case ladder match, almost wins it. But now it sure seems like Jay Vidal is breathing down his back. I don't yeah. know what it is about Nick Xander, but there seems to be a lot of people uh, – who don't enjoy him as much as the fans do. So, you know, we, we're excited. We, you know, as we said, September 10th is uh, Survival of the Fittest. And July 30th, which is going to be three shows away, we got a Future Shock on the 1st, we got a High Octane on the 14th, and July 30th is either a collision course, a moment of truth. It is going to be a big-time show. And... Yeah. Uh, our new tag team champions, ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, will be defending the title on July 30th. So that's going to be a monster event inside the FSW arena. And we already, you know, I already got, you know, Gypsy Mac hit me up about some stuff and I let her know. And it's like, yeah, I was hoping, you know, on Monday and Tuesday, maybe I'd take a day off. But it was like, Future Shock's already 12 days away. You, you can't. So now right. I'm getting people in place. There's no days off. It's like we got so much shit going on that it's like there, there, there's no – maybe that's the name of the show, No Rest for the Wicked. Oh, I was hoping it was so much shit going on. Yeah, yeah that, that could be another one. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, we got guys in place for the 14th. You know, my, my former 1%, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, they're going to be back on July 14th. Danny Limelight's committed, and, you know, he has his eyes set on, on everybody in the world. Hey, I'd like to work Brian Cage. Hey, I'd like to work this guy. It's like, dude, I, calm down, Danny. You just lost the no limits. Let's, let's take a breath, you well, know. Hey, there's your Matt Hardy match. There's my what? That's your Matt Hardy match. Get Matt in to do that match. He owes you that one still. I brought up a match that I thought would be great to see. 
neither one are champions right now. And I said, what about Danny Limelight versus Hammerstone? Yeah. That's a marquee matchup right I there. Would, yeah. I think that would be fabulous. So, you know, we got uh, the Billionaire Boys Club of class, Devin Reno and uh, Jordan Cruz. They'll be here on the 14th. Are so they, are they still uh, you know, st sticking their own asses with. Uh... Yes. <laughs> oh you know, I think they got a little confused in their banter. I think they got worked up so much. They uh, misspoke a little bit. <laughs> oh, I think I think class was a little rattled. I thought that was that was just some of the funniest shit that. Uh, um. But there, you know, there, yeah, there's another two guys right there, and then you throw Jordan Cruz in the mix, and Jesus, um, God, man, just there's so much talent. Yeah, and and we really haven't named everybody. You know, you got the Damian Drakes of the world and Jordan Oasis, yeah, who, who have stood out. And, and then, it's like you do know there's only 20 people, but I can name you 40. Yeah, and the um, the chemistry in that ladder match was phenomenal um the way that those guys were able to let each other you know shine it, it was it was a great balance where a lot of times you don't see that you see a lot of you know either people in for business for themselves or you know just we got to get this spot and we got to get it. It, it was almost flawless in telling the story of getting Matt to the point where he got that briefcase. The the only downside was that lighting was so bad <laughs> that even on TV, it was like, is that And, and we had to worry about the projector. It was like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, you know, that was phenomenal. Um, the match after the Viva Van, and you got to give credit to Rochelle, man. Oh, she, she brought it. I'll tell you, Viva Van is at the top of her game and in, she has pretty much gone through the entire division. Yep. You know, I'm not really sure. You know, now she's going to have to double back. And, you know, Maz was there. She was doing commentary uh, in the women's match. And looks like she's going to be back in the fold a little more after she got, other than you can say, fucked up in that steel cage match. Yeah. So... And it seems like uh, Rochelle and Maz have become very friendly uh, over the last few months. Yeah. So, you know, the women's division, I got Brooke Havoc coming in for July 1st. J-Rod will be back. Brittany Brooks will be uh, on the show on the 30th as well as the 1st. So it's just like filling the spots up. And it's like, again, there's only eight or nine matches. And it's like July 30th is, is, is going to be like Day of Reckoning. It's going to be a casino show at the FSW Arena. And right. Ice Williams will be there. And Gregory Sharp will be there. And ABC will be there. And I'm pretty sure, you know, all our top guys, and now it becomes, oh, shit. You know, I, I had to move the date. I didn't have to move the date, but one of the other companies uh, had something scheduled the 29th. And, you know, 
despite everybody saying what a douchebag prick I am, you know, <laughs> because I, I don't feel that if you're running a show, it doesn't matter to me in all honesty, if we're running the same day, I feel our fans are going to come out regardless. But, you know, some of our guys work there and right. it's a bigger show for them. So out of courtesy, I'm a courteous person. You know, I hate when somebody else doesn't want to show courtesy. And it's happened a lot. And, and, and for those, I will not go out of my way for because they have shown no courtesy on our end for right. things. So we decided to move the date to 30th. And it turned out it might actually be a, a better deal because Impact's actually running the 29th. So they're going to be in Chicago. So now we have ABC for the 30th. Yeah, That's a win. And now I hate forcing my wrestlers to have to pick, especially on a show they've already committed to. Right. So if I did run the 29th and they ran the 29th and then they chose them over me, I'd be more pissed off also. Right. So it's like I'm saving myself the aggravation and, right. and I get it. But I, again, the courtesy of who's your main company, who do you work for? You know, we always had those issues with Marquez that a lot of times he would run on Sundays and then sometimes he'd run with far less notice. And when we were using guys like L.A. Knight and, and Willie Mack and Brian Cage who were working there, a lot of times we'd lose some of those guys because yeah. that was their first priority was Hollywood. And I feel it's the same way with us, with our main guys. Obviously, a Jay Vidal or a Chris Bay impacts by far their priority. They're contracted. They, right. they, they can say, I want to work FSW, and they say, who gives a fuck? Right. Impact. You, you know what I mean? But when it comes to the other independent companies, like, find out our date first. You know, if you want to be in a, in, in a position, because guess what? If I needed you to wrestle Ice Williams for the heavyweight title, and now you're working that other show, that opportunity to work Ice Williams probably ain't happening anytime soon. Right. And again, you know, it's, it is a difficult situation. You don't want to burn the bridges over there. And, and as I said, if you've committed to something and I changed the date, I'm not holding people responsible for that situation. But I did put out the 29th a month ago. So don't don't overlook it and then act like you didn't know because it's written on the page. It's your it's your those are some of the few responsibilities you have to read the student page. Right. Yeah. And when I say student page, like in reality, a Damian Drake, a Matt Vandegrift, they aren't students per se that are paying dues to train, but they're on the page and they do train at the school. So since they're kind of on the roster, that student page makes everybody aware of the dates. So you're on it. Look at it. Yeah. And then make a response. Like I recently changed the date. So, Hey, this is what we got available. And then all of a sudden some people will post like I saw like Mondo and Vandegrift and, and even some of the, you know, future shock type guys like AJ and Fox and all them like, hey, I'm available for this. And Chase Bell, I can't do this date, but I can do this date. 
And because it's hard for me to remember talking to 50 guys. Oh, don't you remember? I told you at the show that right. had a million things going on that I was good for the 14th, but not the first or the 29th. Yeah, right. of course I remember that. I'm almost 60 years old now. I can't remember fucking everything as it is. You know, I'm going to remember that 30-second conversation when I had 600 of them at that show of what day you were good for. That's why it's like I always try to hit people up on the Facebook Messenger because I could see it. Yeah. And to and you, I scrolled down and it was like, okay, did this person say the 29th? And I forgot, like Jared Diaz, he was going to be in Colorado. So he was trying to make magic work to make it to be able on our show on the 29th. Forgot all about him. Yesterday he sends me a message. Hey, bro, I'm good for the 29th. I made it work. So it's like, so I know the guy from Colorado is getting him to Vegas. And then he's got to get back home. And it's like, fuck this motherfucker. So Millhouse, who runs Pride Style. Right. Whatever. He was like, oh, if you do this for me, I got plates coming in. You know, oh, your favor, blah, 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 blah. And a million people have told me they owe me a favor and it never like comes in. But I'm like, hey, I'm moving the date, but you owe me a favor. Or, hey, no, no, sorry. I wrote, hey, I'm moving the date. This is my favor. You need to book Jared Diaz on the show on the 29th. Pay him to be on the show. He happens to be not leaving till late, I guess, the 30th or the 31st anyway. So he's going to still be at our show. But yeah. I got him another booking out of the deal because that's how I am. I feel bad. Like, yeah. I agreed to something with somebody who went out of their way to change up their whole schedule of life to work our show. And then yeah. I forgot, never messaged him. And now he got it fixed. And it was like, oh, sorry, we're not running that day. And, well, and, and you know. Pride Style uh, then uh, gains uh, a fantastic talent. Right, right. And again, the card wasn't full. So he's like, oh, yeah, that shouldn't be too hard to find a spot. Of course not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like when those things work out, but, you know, I, I think you, you found a theme for today and that is put it in writing because you can always go back and <laughs> realize that you weren't the crazy one that yeah. it was down in writing all along and you can say, Hey, wait a minute. So it's, yeah, it is no matter what you're doing in life, put it down in writing, get it documented. You know, and I'm a person that if I say, hey, I'm going to do this, I do it, and it isn't in writing, but it's easy to forget. You know, it, it isn't, you know, in a lot of cases it needs to be because it needs to be shown, it needs to be legal. You know, we learned that at Diversion when we had the agreement and we hadn't got the contract yet, and they waited so long to give us the contract that all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, sorry, we're bumping you, they're paying us more money, and it's like, so how many fucking concerts have you had since with that company? Oh, yeah, none. So you made an extra five grand on one show. Awesome. We would have made that back by the next show and we would have ran six, which, again, is is fine. You know, it is what it is. It's like I say to students, you know, just because you pay. I want I want people who want to be there. Right. And if the venue doesn't really want us there, I'm not going to pull teeth, you know, we do more work than anybody you will bring in to help 
in ways that's saving the labor. Right. Because guess what? If I didn't agree to set up the chairs, you would add to either bring some people in and you would have to bring in four or five more people that you would have had to pay. Instead, we did it for free. So try to go on the back end and say, hey, you know what? You guys put things for free. I'm not going to worry about 50 to $100 that this sound guy wanted. Like, right. it shouldn't even got to me. If I ran the place, that's what I would like, I'd be like, hey, they did this for us. They saved us on here. They had a good crowd. It's something we want to do. We were kind of behind the eight ball. But again, I, I try to use common sense in, in most situations. So, you know, maybe I'm just smarter than the average bear. I don't know. Um, you know, overall, for, uh, you know, the, the talent, what they put into the show, um, the the results um it was by far uh, just a fabulously solid card a very good show um a lot of stories being told a lot of uh stories being advanced now that well we haven't even talked about the heavyweight title or or, or, the, or the even the tag team match so right then that's and that's where we're getting to here um you know you, you see Braxton uh, cash in and win, and now he's got a championship. We get this great image of all of them wearing belts. And now we get to the point where Ice has to face Shogun and Hero. And I, 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 love, I love the tag in the video, you know, basically one champion and two big guys, <laughs> you know, because that's what it came down to, man. Oh. I, the post I saw said two big dummies, but I don't know. That's well, what it said. But but the the idea of um, you know Shogun and, and Hero and the conflict uh, potentially being there, uh, we still don't have a real resolve. Um, Ice getting out of there by the skin of his teeth, but not necessarily uh, having to cheat to win, um, which is. You know, something we rarely see ice do nowadays. Um, you know, and, and we and we saw MK kind of sniffing around again. So what what are we what are we seeing in front of us with ice going forward? Is there any more to do with, with Hero and Shogun? And what are we seeing with Hero and Shogun? And uh, is there anything to do with MK, man? Well, uh, we had seen some videos when we saw what looked like the implosion of uh, TBD. Right. Uh, the first thing that happened was MK put out a challenge or whatever, and TBD were going to be challenging for the tag belts later, but Hero went out and had a singles match with Koa. And Hero won the match, but he won the battle, but may have lost the war, got fucked up his shoulder uh, after the match. And then he was un unable to go in the tag title match where Shogun almost miraculously pulled off the one-on-two upset. But again, he wasn't able to. Uh, there was words after the uh, match backstage. And after it was all said and done, we saw MK kind of whisper in Hero's ear, you know, maybe saying, sing heard some of what was said but it was kind of you don't really need this guy you know you, you're a champion on your own blah 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 
So, and, and it happened a couple times. But at, at the event on Sunday, uh, MK was trying to, you know, rally Hero uh, with the chair. And it didn't seem to work. So, you know, it looks like Hero may have his issues with Shogun, but he's not going to resort to teaming with MK to get things done. You know, he's been a guy who's, you know, followed the, you know, the straight and narrow and wants to be the best. And I think that's what we saw in that triple threat match, that no matter, you know, it's easy when they weren't working together anymore. They've had time away. Now they have a match. They've been friends for a very long time. Yeah. And it's like, hey, they both have this opportunity. But again, whether you like somebody or not like somebody, I'm not going to allow – if I'm Shogun, I'm not going to allow Hero to win the match because he's my boy. I'm in the match. If he wrestled ice one-on-one, yeah, more power to my boy winning. But – we saw what happened. Like Shogun got mad. Hero pulled off Shogun on maybe a three count. Yeah. Well, why did he do that? Because it wasn't an elimination match. If it was an elimination match, he would have eliminated, and then the, the two the two buddies could have went at it themselves, and we would have had a new champion. But that was not the rules of the match. The rules of the match was one pin wins. So both guys went out there and and gave it their all, and. Because of the issues between them, Ice knew to took take advantage of the situation. Right. And you say about Ice not, you know, you needing any help. I was curious, you know, with Kenny now being part of the faction, how he would get involved, or if anybody would get involved. They must have been out celebrating right after the uh, match and and left Ice for himself. But they yeah. still had Fresco and Watson and, and didn't choose to do anything. But the bottom line is Ice did it against Nick Xander, and now he's done it against Hero and Shogun. Those are three top guys that he defeated without any help from the faction. So right. it is going to be interesting to see moving forward, you know, what's going to go on in that situation. And now Ice pinned Shogun. Does yeah. that mean on July 14th or 30th? Maybe it's Ice Williams and Hero. Yeah. Don't sure. know yet. You yeah. know, so we're, we're trying to put, put everything out on the open. I need to know who's available. I, you know, I need to get what's going on. You know, does Ice Williams come right back on the 14th? Do we save his uh, title match for the 30th? Does he work twice? Does he lose the title? You know, again, there's so much going on. It looks like, you know, as we said, we Hero and Shogun and Ice, I can't believe some combination of that is finished. Uh, it looks like when you said talked about new uh, things happening, you know, we definitely saw what looks like Jay Vidal and Nick Xander uh, maybe doing something moving forward. Uh, Gregory Sharp disposed of clutch but remy marcel and jacob austin young didn't get pinned so you know they're gonna want opportunities for that championship braxton obviously 
Uh, Bodie is well deserving of a rematch, but how does Bodie and Kenny King play out? Does that lead to a match? Yeah. Is it a tag match? Well, you know, there, there, there are so many things that we can see coming out of, you know, everything that happened. There's still unfinished business with Remy Marcel and the Billionaire Boys Club. And now Hammerstone got involved with those guys. Uh, in the past, Remy had some help from Primo Henio. But now yeah. there's three of them. So the question becomes, do, do familiar faces return? You know, Remy's got friends. So, you know, we have to go there. Suavecitos and Regulators, they've gone back and forth. They had the pre-show match. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that because I was out front. But, yeah. you know, the Suavecitos have definitely stepped their game up. And yeah. they've had to because that tag division is is rocking right now. You know, between Tito and Che, uh, Royce and Jarrell, and we got Ace and Bay and the Regulators and Sky High who get forgotten about sometimes. And, yeah. and now Fresco and Watson, they're dangerous as, as former champions. So, you know, there's definitely enough stories to not have only one show, but have like two. And the thing is, we have to squeeze them into the 14th and the 30th. And again, yeah. a lot of these guys are going to work more than once. So who's going to work the 14th and the 30th? So... How are we going to balance? As I said, you know, Big Fonz, he's a busy dude. But he's trying to make his way in FSW as often as possible. You know, I for sure see a Brett the Threat Big Fonz match moving moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and where does this leave uh, Fresco and Watson now that ABC is the tag camps? And, uh, you know, they'll be looking at all these different challengers potentially coming at them. Um, do Fresco and Watson still look to get the tag titles back? Or do we possibly see uh, each of those guys maybe pursuing something uh, a little different, maybe like a Nevada State title? Is it, you know, is it possible we'll see a little more singles action from each of those guys? You know, it is possible. I, I know uh, at the GCW show, they, they teamed up the faction with Gregory Sharp and Brett Threat. So I'm not sure. You know, I would think that Fresco and Watson worked hard to become the tag champs to break up or, or go their separate ways. You know, I don't see that. They, they, they were toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Bullet Club. They were toe-to-toe -to -toe with Chris and, and Ace Austin. So, you know, I, in the past, I've liked to do gauntlet matches, four-way matches, and, and multi-mans. So there's definitely a possibility if we do one of those, there's no doubt that the former champions would be involved in that. So, you know, we've bandied about ideas at Survival of the Fittest. You know, we thought it was going to be a little earlier in August sometime instead of uh, mid-September. So at that point, you know, one thought would have been a possible four-way tag featuring nothing but former champions, for example. 
So with the Bullet Club winning, that makes Fresco and Watson a former champion. That puts the West Coast Wrecking Crew as former champions. Uh, It puts a team like Hammerstone and Graves as former champions. Because that was also a possibility of, okay, well, you know, Hammerstone's not the heavyweight champion. Graves, we haven't used, and we want to. So what makes the most sense? And it's like, well, hey, maybe we put them in a tag match. You know, because you're always thinking ahead. And we're thinking two months, three months, five months with luck of the draw against all odds with the rumble. And you're always trying to find little things that might seem to work. And you're trying to put things in position for them to, you know, work in continuity. Because there's a lot of times in the indie stuff and when you're doing it that guys have other things that they got going on and in a perfect situation, you know, if we're AEW or WWE or impact where we got these guys under contract, we know they're going to be at the July 30th show. And we know we can do something August 26th to set up for September 10th. You know, that's so far away. We don't know everything that's going on. You could try to plan for it and you do your best to, but sometimes things change things. So you have to be aware of everything's going on. You see bookings, you try to catch guys early and it just becomes a, a constant cycle uh, of making things work. Well, hey, we're doing the 29th. Well, the impact guys are out. Oh, we're moving into the 30th. The impact guys are in. So I had no conversations with Kenny about July 30th because I knew he was working impact the 29th when the show was scheduled. Well, now I have to reach out like, hey, we got this going on. I'm interested in doing this, you know, even if it is Braxton and Bodie and Kenny in the, you know, whatever, wherever we're looking to go, you know, talk to Bodie, see what's going on and what he's available for. You know, hit up Brandon Gatson and see if his daughter's ready to have a mixed tag with Danny Limelight and his daughter. You know? There's so many options. Definitely. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to see how everything's grown, um, you know, within the tag division in itself and um, the different options that there are now. It's just pretty amazing um, to see where the women's division and tag divisions have come in the last couple of well, years. Well, yeah, it, it's, it seems like uh, Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz are looking to do some tag team matches, from what I understand. So that, and That's a formidable tag team right there, too. So You know, I'm looking for opponents for the uh, 1% on July 14th. What better way than uh, the coming out party for uh, Jordan Cruz and Devin Reno as a team? Take on former champs. Let's step it up. Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty classy. Yes. There you go. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Joe. Any final words as we uh, wrap up this week? Nah, you know, overall, everything went well. You know, hopefully the issues that I had uh, at the venue uh, can be worked out. You know, it's 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 a good venue for wrestling. Yeah. You know, we have things in place. Is everything perfect? No. 
you know, Samstown, well, they had the perfect setup with the screens. Right. Well, Silver Nugget had the screens where you can barely see them in a corner. Silverton is the second best option there. So everything, every venue has its negatives and its positives. Right. And I've never been one to shy away from the negatives, but it's let's accentuate the strengths. And what can we do to make it better? So the next step is to talk with the Silverton and say, hey, bro, this is what we need to make things work. Right. No harm, no foul. Is it feasible? Not going to waste my time. I'm going to go in there and, hey, this is what was supposedly expected from us. Pretty sure we delivered. This is what is expected from you. You know, an hour before the show, we find out certain things weren't available to us. And, you know, my, my demeanor changes immediately. Uh, I don't hide the way I feel. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? You know, it's kind of like, hey, here's the seating chart. Uh, bro, it has 55 front row. I told you we needed 85 front row. We already sold the 55. And the other 30 were for our 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 super fans and, and, and sponsors and guards and things like that. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like, okay, well, we can move the thing back. We did it before, and we've had over 85 people in the front row before. And if anybody saw, there was nobody squished in. No. We were fine. There would have been empty, 20 foot of empty area right. if we had... 15 front rows it was like i i don't get it and it was like and again that was taken care of it's like this we have to have this this is what's there and they made it work okay well let's make everything else work you know i'm not looking to run there every month you don't have to worry of uh, every single month but you know three or four shows a year there and three or four shows a year at the nugget you know the nugget's always going to be a home for GCW shows, right? If we're moving forward, you know that Silverton, the corporate places, there's no, there's no chance of being there, right? So we want to keep our downtown location available. We want to work with the Sahara Event Center. Now, Sahara Event Center is similar to Silver Nugget. Now it's going to be the best deal wins. We have right. to be able to go in there. If I can go in for a thousand dollars less here than there. There's really no difference to me. Right. Nothing's going to change. People will go to each venue. Right. GCW did the standalone. We helped them out at the Nugget. They didn't do as well as last year, but that was their last year was the first big, big, big show they had done. And they did it one at the meet space, but it didn't hold nearly as many people. So they had shit tons of people. And AEW barely drew you know, two thirds of what they did last year. Right. So if their draw was way less, it was easy to see Silver Nuggets draw a bit less, which it was. And but they still drew tremendous. So again, it's a business. So however we can save money, five hundred here, eight hundred here, twelve hundred here, three hundred here, you know, that that has to be the decision. We're obviously not going to run in a shithole because it's free and it's a garbage joint. Right. No, we have places that are good venues. 
Now the question becomes, who's giving us the best deal to run at that particular time? And that's what we're going to do moving forward. Yeah. There you go. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. Next week, we'll uh, start hearing more about what's going to be going on on July 1st and uh, moving forward for the uh, rest of the month of July. Until then. Thank you.